0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where there is no off-season, when we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this outside, you can probably tell it's outside, on a beautiful day. Just another manic Monday, the 31st day of July 2017 in Palo Alto, California the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, who passed 1,000 wins over the weekend and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, I'm outside. Uh, it's a beautiful morning. Not a cloud is in the sky here in Palo Alto, but some trucks are. And this is going to be a uh, one of those podcasts that I used to do all the time when it was the daily podcast where I'm kind of split it up, like I'm going to record part one now and part two later, because there's just, there, there's so much density, there's so much just, it's like Jupiter-type density of baseball that's going on right now, that I kind of figured like I had to sort of break things up here. Uh, it's the trade deadline today, and so I'm going to talk a little bit recording before the deadline occurs, and give some of my thoughts and some predictions. We've already seen some interesting trades. Jaime mean, Garcia has been traded twice. He was traded once to the Twins, and the Twins went on a funk, so they traded him to the Yankees. And yeah, that's one of those, you know, really low-risk, relatively low-reward trade for the Yankees. He's another arm. He's not a Cy Young contender. He's not terrible. didn't cost him that much. Uh, so, I think. I mean, they gave up a, one nice player for him, but that's fine. Uh, the, the, the Twins managed to basically, you know, give him one start and flip him for another prospect. Uh, I think the Yankees are still in the market for another starting pitcher. I do believe, though, that Sonny Gray is going to fall out of favor with the Yankees because I think the A's are going to ask the sun, the stars, and the moon for him, as well they should. He's under control next year. They don't have to trade him. So if they're gonna trade them, they want to get the biggest package possible, and and I believe that that's they're smart for doing so. I I think that we we've seen already that Addison Reed was traded to the Red Sox, uh, again three prospects in exchange for him. Um, you know, I get Dombrowski's mentality, which is hey, we can win the division. The Red Sox, despite all the flip. I mean, flip-flopping, and as awful as they've been playing recently, they're half a game behind the Yankees. And the Yankees have been playing wonderful baseball recently. But both teams are just a modest winning streak and a modest losing streak away from, you know, flip-flopping again. The Yankees are a very streaky team. The Red Sox are a very streaky team. And it appears that whoever's going to win the American League East is going to be the one who has the right streak at the right time, being late September. I mean, this Red Sox team is, I can't believe the whole David Price and Dennis Eckersley yelling stuff argument is still in the news. Would someone just say, I'm sorry, and move on? I, I just don't give a damn. I really don't give a damn. I just want to see the Red Sox win. And oh, and, oh, yeah, of course, David Price is on the disabled list, so that ought to win over some fans right now. Uh, I, I think the Red Sox are going to win the division, not because I'm a Red Sox fan, but because I think the Yankees went on a really, really torrid streak, and I think that they are more than capable of a mediocre streak and I think the Red Sox have been playing very poorly and I think they'll have a better team moving forward. I think the Yankees, Yankees look like a playoff team this year. They really do. So, uh, you know, everyone who hates Red Sox and Yankees, you know, buckle up, buttercup, they're back in. Now the one trade that I think has to happen, and I think it's a no-brainer and I don't know the prospects to give up and everything like that, but I think Cleveland has to trade for you, Darvish. The way Cleveland has been firing on all cylinders, just I, I really just think at this point with all the things that have gone wrong that, with the team, that now here they are with this massive winning streak. They're, they're even holding off the Royals, who've had a massive winning streak of their own. Uh, if they add a Yu Darvish to this rotation, which is already getting some great production from a lot of people, um, with their bullpen, with their lineup with the chip on their shoulder of coming within one swing of winning the World Series last year, uh, you know, I know the Astros are going to wind up with a better record. I know the Astros are going to be the top seed in the American League. But if they trade for Darvish, and Darvish should be be thrilled about a trade to Cleveland because he'd be able to, you know, play in the postseason, probably play in the World Series, and cash in as a free agent— Then it's a no-brainer for for all sides, absolute no-brainer for all sides, and I really hope Cleveland pulls the trigger on that trade. I'm going to make one bold trade uh, prediction, and that is the the Dodgers are going to make a trade for Verlander. I think with Kershaw on the shelf for a few weeks, I don't think it's going to. It's obviously not affecting the play on the field the Dodgers are on, on a pace to win 115 games, and even with Kershaw on, on the shelf for a while, that'll probably mean that he'll be resting and ready come October. Uh, I think the Dodgers are one of the few teams that could absorb the Justin Verlander contract. I think it's one of the few places where they would have some of the prospects that they could want, and I think the Tigers may be taking a look and saying, what's more important, salary relief? or young prospects, and I think that they might be able to get both with Los Angeles. They probably won't get a huge package of prospects, but they could get at least one really good prospect and salary relief for Verlander. I think both sides would have to do it. You know, Verlander could have won the Cy Young Award last year, and he's not been terrible this year. And if you're asking him, said, you know what? we need a rejuvenated Verlander, you know, pitched very well the other day, and give us two solid months and a couple of good starts of the postseason, uh, you know, I, the Dodgers don't need much, obviously. They're the best team in baseball. And the prediction that I made on Sports Without Balls with Aaron Foley that the World Series was going to be between Cleveland and Los Angeles is looking pretty good right now. But I think that trade will happen, uh, and I think it it's, almost has to happen. Uh, The Yankees, I think, will pick up another starting pitcher. I'll tell you, one of the the most unfortunate things for a team right now is the fact that the the blisters on the fingers of Johnny Cueto have put him on the sidelines right now because Cueto should be one of the absolute most sought-after pitches right now. I didn't even say that properly. You'd be able to include a guy who was also a Cy Young contender last year, played in the postseason the year before and pitched very well in the World Series for the Royals in 2015 and and also has postseason experience with Cincinnati. To be able to put him on a, a rotation, I thought he'd be a great fit for the Indians. I think the Giants are going to have to trade Samarista. I've been saying that for a while. There's there's This is a seller's market right now with all these teams on the cusp and a pitcher like Samarista who you know, is an innings eater, is not a Cy Young contendant, but, you know, is not going to hurt your staff, Is would fit on so many different teams, including the Yankees. So, I, and I think the one team that we're going to look up and say, man, what a bunch of idiots are the Orioles, who should be in full rebuild mode right now, and I they, they traded for Jeremy Hellickson, and they traded... Future assets for a player who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Now, unless they're going to include Helixon in a trade, if they if they're sorry, they picked him up so they include him in a Zach Britton trade or something like that, then uh, then okay. But they should be. I don't think they should be training everything that isn't nailed down. But they're pretty close to that. It's unbelievable that this team was a playoff team last year. And wouldn't it be amazing if they hold on to Britain? that this would be the second straight year that the biggest head-scratching thing about the Baltimore Orioles would be indecisiveness with Britain. Last year they didn't use them with the season on the line, and this year they could, they could get something good for him. They could. They could get a piece or two, or maybe even three. But if they don't pull the trigger on it, they're going to look back and say, oh, yeah, that's when he's at peak value and when teams are at peak desperation. So, anyway, in reviewing some stuff, the Brewers won the first game against the Cubs, and then they were in, went into extra innings, and I really thought they were going to take two out of three from Chicago, but it didn't happen. And you know what? They dropped another game in the standings, It wasn't a catastrophe. A sweep would have been a catastrophe. I think they needed to win that series. And quite frankly, I don't see the Cubs losing the division now, especially since they've been making some aggressive trades, including bringing in Avila. So, I mean, I think we're going to look at the three division champs from last year in the National League, Cubs, Nats, Dodgers. I think everyone's picks on that were fine. And it's really looking like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are going to be the wildcard teams. I mean, the national unless unless Milwaukee does something and they almost have to pull out and pull something off this trade deadline, they're not going to do anything major. You're not going to see Giancarlo Stanton become a Brewer. But they have to do something, if to no other reason to sort of jolt this team a little bit and say, oh, we believe in you. You're only a few games back. Let's go for it. So we're going to see what happens. Uh, I, I really hope that Darvish goes, gets traded to Cleveland. I think the Dodgers are going to acquire Verlander. Um, and I think that the Yankees will make a trade. It might be for someone like Shashin of San Diego. It won't be, I don't think it will be the big, huge blockbuster of Sonny Gray. I think Sonny Gray is going to stay with the A's by the end of the day. And I think the Red Sox are going to acquire another hitter. I don't think it'll be a blockbuster move. It'll be something relatively small, like, you know, Curtis Granderson or Mike Napoli. But uh, it should be a fun day, and hopefully it's going to be a big feeding frenzy. Uh, Obviously, we had the Hall of Fame this weekend. This plane flies overhead. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that Tim Raines is finally in there. I'm fine with Jeff Bagwell being in there. As, as everyone knows, I'm not the biggest uh, uh, Bagwell guy in the world. But, you know, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Uh, I'm throw at Pudge Rodriguez. And Pudge Rodriguez, with his PED history, hopefully will open the door so we'll stop this nonsense of not having Bonds and Clemens and that when A-Rod comes around that we won't have the nonsense of them hanging on the ballot for as long as they were. The fact that Bud Selig's in there Bud Seelig's in there. He colluded. He, I mean, there's so many things that he did that I think are worse than performance-enhancing drugs on his resume. You know, and the, the, if we're talking about the quality of a person, you know, obviously Tom Yawkey is in the Hall of Fame. Bobby Cox, who's a wife-beater, is in the Hall of Fame. You know, I've said before, give me a thousand... Give me Barry Bonds with a syringe dangling from his arm over Bobby Cox in the Hall of Fame. But you almost have to wonder, you know, I've said this before, We got. does this mean we have to rethink Rafael Palmero? Do we have to rethink Sammy Sosa? Two players whose Hall of Fame candidacies should have been slam dunks based upon the numbers but barely got a whisper because of the PEDs. And if we allow in someone like Pudge Rodriguez, who we know did PEDs, and we allow in Bonds and we allow in Clemens and we allow in these other players, does this mean we have to take a good long look at them? And should there be like how the Veterans Committee corrected um, some other you know, players who have neglected to be put in the Hall of Fame, will there have to be a special PED-era committee that'll have to re-examine the careers of Sosa, Maguire, and Palmeiro, and eventually Manny Ramirez. I think eventually they will, and I think eventually they'll get in, just because they were the greats of their time. And there are circumstances that have, you know, that make you look at other players from other eras with a slightly, you know, cocked head. I think it eventually will happen. You know that Adrian Beltre is going to get in after his 3,000th hit. And the fact that he's only, what, he's only 37, 38 years old. And he's still a damn good player. And he still plays in a, a ballpark that is very favorable to hitters. In Arlington, I don't know how many more years left they have in that stain before they move into the new ballpark. But you got to think that he has at least three really good years left in him. I mean, could we be talking 3,500? Could we be talking an outside chance at 4,000 if he sticks around long enough? All right, that's maybe a stretch, but 3,500 hits and he, you know, I think 500 home runs is completely within grasp. You'd have to start mentioning Adrian Beltre in the conversation for greatest third baseman of all time. Now, does he escape PED whispers? I know nothing about his PED background. You did see a huge spike in his home runs out of the blue in the mid-1990s. Not the the mid-2000s, sorry. He hasn't been playing that long. And I know that's not proof, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but we've seen that enough. I've ceased caring. As as you can probably tell, I I cease I I no longer care. If you use PEDs, fine. I I mean, I I'm not approving it, but to me, it's not really affecting how I think about you as a Hall of Famer or not. I've just got to that point. I just got to the point where I feel like everyone's been doing it. I feel like it was prevalent. I figure it was understood. And so I can look at the numbers and say, okay, who were the best players of that era? And whether Adrian Beltre did or not, uh, he's the best third baseman of his era. And I say that with a slight caveat because I think Alex Rodriguez is the best overall offensive player of his era. I just think he's the best shortstop He just happened to play third base because Jeter wouldn't move from his position because Jeter cares about the team first. So, there you go. Just some of my thoughts. Uh, It's going to be probably a crazy day, and I'm not going to have any time really to record this until this evening. So, that will give us a little time to digest what happens in the course of the day. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop recording right now, and when I pick up recording, it'll be about you know five o'clock in the afternoon, California time. Probably some games will already be underway. And we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. So, see you in a few hours. Or for you, yeah, you know, in three, two, one, the future is now. Okay, it's about four nineteen in the afternoon in California. It's about four nineteen. That's, that's, I'm going to estimate. I'm going to round it to 419 in the afternoon. And I'm still going through the results of the trades of the day. Now, um, as, as a Boston Red Sox fan, uh, I'm sitting back. And I'm thinking, um, okay, all right, let me make sure I'm crystal clear about this. The Red Sox did not acquire a new hitter. The Red Sox did not acquire a new hitter. The, the, they had acquired um, Eduardo Nunez, and he played well the other day. But the Red Sox need a hitter in the middle of that lineup. They have a bunch of good role players right now. They need to have someone who can hit. Maybe some just, maybe not even a superstar. Just a new bat in there to spark them. But they did not do that. Now, the Red Sox did acquire Addison Reed um, and include for uh, three people who's uh, Gerson, Batista, Jamie Callahan, and Steven Nagosek. I don't know who any of those three are. I assume they're all three of the most heralded prospects in baseball because that's what the Red Sox do. <clears throat> now, the Yankees did indeed pull off the deal for Sonny Gray. I did not think they were going to do that. It cost them... Uh, Dustin Fowler, Jorge Mateo, and I can't, you know, I can't pronounce these names. James Caprillion, sure, run with it. They're probably all going to be fantastic and be on the trade deadline in 2023. So that's a good move for the Yankees, I do believe. Sonny Gray, uh, when healthy, again, that should be part of his name is when healthy. But Sonny Gray is a fine pitcher when Healthy. Now he has been and in, uh, you know, he pitched like an ace. He was a Cy Young contender in 2014 and 2015. Uh, He has had an up and down year this year. Uh, Pitched 16 games so far. He's thrown 97 innings. He struck out 94 along the way. Uh, Only walked 30. His ERA is 3.43. So he hasn't been bad. He was bad last year. He hasn't been bad, and the Yankees don't really. The Yankees have pitching depth right now, and that makes them a pretty scary team right now. Now the uh, Rays got, they, they traded away uh, Tim Beckham to the Orioles. Orioles don't get, I don't understand the Baltimore Orioles. The Baltimore Orioles uh, I have lost their damn mind. They're trading away prospects. They're trading away uh, uh, international spending pool money. They're trading for Jeremy Hellickson. Do they know something I don't know? Is are they of that sort of, hey, you know, no one expected the Royals to do this a few years ago? I don't know what the hell the Orioles are doing. That they are in a situation where they should have been trading away some of their talent to try to build up for next year. They're they're not winning it this year. They're not good enough to win it this year. And Zach Britton is still an Oriole. And the Orioles are acting like they're a game or two out of first place, which they're not. So I I don't get what they're doing; makes no damn sense to me. Um, The Blue Jays waved the white flag and they traded away Nelson Liriano. They got away some. They got some prospects um, from the Houston Astros and outfielder Nori Yoki. I get that. I get that for both teams. Uh, It's a low risk, low reward, you know, situation for Houston. You could hopefully catch lightning in a bottle of Francisco Liriano. So there you go. Um, the, the big news, and there's a couple other trades that are out there. Um, it, it does not look like Jeff Samarza was dealt. I don't get it. I don't get it. Now, I, I'm, I may just have to look through this. I may not have seen it. I may not have seen the Jeff Samarza trade. But I do not see that that's happened. And I don't get it. I don't understand why the Giants would not trade away a pitcher like Jeff Samarjda when you can get one or two young players in exchange for him. I, these are things that your pal Sully does not understand. And now we look up and we see that you know the the Nationals made another trade uh, that they 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 built up their. Uh, they traded away what, what's his name uh, Brandon Kinsler to the from the Twins. So add him with Sean Doolittle and Madsen, and all of a sudden the Nationals have a very good bullpen going into October. But here we go, folks. Here we go. The move today was you Darvish. Actually, the Dodgers made a bunch of moves today. The Dodgers today made a proclamation to the planet Earth. They said, hear ye, hear ye. They they, they grabbed their proverbial bell, were ringing that bell, and they acquired um, Sigrani from the uh, Reds, Watson from Pittsburgh, and Darvish from Texas, and they did not trade away their top prospects to do it. And now, I mean, those two, you know, Sigrani and Watson make, just add some depth. I mean, they're not superstars, but they're going to add some depth to the bullpen for Los Angeles, just give them more fresh arms. And now you have Hugh Darvish, who made the All-Star team this year, who has 148 strikeouts at 137 innings. He's been a little up and down this year, but he seems to be totally back from his Tommy John surgery. And you're going to put him into a rotation where you will have a, a rested and ready Clayton Kershaw come October. I'm absolutely convinced that he's going to be rested and ready and all will be well in the world. You have you Darvish, who has been an ace many times over for Texas over the years. You have Alex Wood. You have Kenta Maeda. You have Ryu. You have Rich Hill. Now you have a bullpen where you throw in Watson and Segrani with Kenley Jansen, with Pedro Baez, with Luis Avalon, with Josh Fields. This is the deepest pitching staff If Kershaw is healthy, this is the deepest pitching staff we've seen in years going into the postseason, where you don't have a single hole in their lineup, you don't have a single hole in their rotation, and and, and mind you, mind you right now, these are some of the best additions made, smartest additions, without sacrificing their future. And remember, the Dodgers winning percentage as I'm recording this is 705. 705. 705 over 162 games is winning 114 games. Even if they pull back, this team's going to win 100 games, just on the pace that they are and the fact that they've filled in their holes. What they have done for this team. Even with, you know, beloved stars like Kershaw, like Andre Ethier, like Adrian Gonzalez, currently on the disabled list, the Dodgers are in a situation where they have said, they have screamed, they have stood on the mountaintop and yelled so loudly that their voice is hoarse that they are not accepting another division title. They have this division title wrapped up. And you keeping in mind that the two wildcard teams are going to come out of this division and they still have it wrapped up. I mean, the, the two wildcard teams are going to be out of the West, which when you have three teams coming out of the division, you think, oh man, it's going to be a dogfight for who's going to be the division winner, who's going to be the wild card. No. Arizona. In Colorado, two teams that would be in first place in the Central, are 14 games back of Los Angeles. The Dodgers are making it clear they want the World Series title. They want nothing less. A division title is not acceptable. They have to make a blockbuster deal in a season where they practically already have clinched the division. And I think they've made... it. it I am going to be stunned if a team not called the Dodgers are in the World Series for the National League. I'm just going to say it. I'm rooting for the Nationals because of Sean Doolittle. I think the Nationals look damn good. Man, the Dodgers are really put themselves in a position where they're just pushing the chips to the center of the table. So we're going for it right now and doing so without trading away their best prospect. That's unbelievable what they pulled off. So the Indians don't get, I mean, how did they? I mean, the Indians, I don't believe got the starting pitcher that I thought they needed to get. Um, Cleveland got a, a reliever from the Blue Jays, Joe Smith, and, and Joe Smith is a, you know, he's a fine pitcher, you know, he's, he'll, he's having uh, a good year with Toronto and he should do a good job. I believe Joe Smith was on the Cubs last year, uh, but he didn't pitch in the World Series. Um, he's fine. Good job. He's a former Indian anyway. Okay, there you go. There you go. Come back. Welcome back. To the, it gives the, in, the Indians an even deeper bullpen. And maybe that's what they're saying. Maybe they want to pay the price for uh, Samarjda or Darvish or whomever. Verlander is still a Tiger. That's interesting. The Orioles didn't rebuild. That's stupid. The Red Sox didn't pick up another bat. I don't get it. But I guess I'm not supposed to get everything. All right, well, that's another trade day. Come and gone. You had my thoughts at the beginning, and man, they were almost all wrong. I knew L.A. was going to do something, but I didn't think they were going to steal the day. So, folks, that's what we've learned this trade deadline day, that the Orioles don't know what the hell they're doing and the Dodgers have steel focus. Well, I'm going to do another podcast this week. This is not going to be just a uh, one-week, one-podcast week for your pal Sully. And I may drop a couple other uh, uh, teams that should have won bonus episodes. But it's been an interesting day for your pal Sully. Interesting day for baseball, and uh, let's play ball. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, sort and iTunes, on YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. Breaking down in two ways the trade deadline. This has been the Sully Baseball Podcast for the 31st day of July 2017. I almost said daily. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.